Welcome to Pixel Pizza. Did she say pizza? Your ultimate source for chiptunes, video game talk, and pepperoni. Delivered to you from Los Angeles and into the digital cyberspace of the 2020s. Pizza power! That's right, when super giant pizza. I want a large, thick crust with double cheese, ham, pepperoni. Hey, where's my pizza? Pizza time. Welcome back to Pixel Pizza audience. I am very excited for today's episode. We are speaking with someone maybe a little unconventional for the show. You know, we usually speak to game developers, programmers, musicians, people who are in the gaming space. And today we have someone who is also, I mean, you know, has made his mark on video game history, I would say. He is primarily, though, an animation. He's worked with every studio under the sun, Disney, Sony Pictures, Fox, Warner Brothers, DreamWorks, Illumination, the list goes on, but you might know him best as the man behind the Kingdom Hearts pilot animatic. And this is Seth Kearsley. How you doing, Seth? Hey, good. Thanks for having me on your show. Absolutely. So when in your life did you first know you wanted to be in animation? Um, I mean, I, I always drew growing up, um, you know, I was a sick kid and, um, I had, you know, I still have cystic fibrosis. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but, um, you know, as a little kid, um, I've been a lot of time really sick. Um, and, um, uh, so I spent a lot of time in my dad's work truck, um, with just like a sketch pad and, you know, pencil to keep me occupied. Um, so, I kind of always drew and, you know, of course I always was into cartoons because what kid isn't into cartoons. Um, sure. uh, and um, but then it never kind of went away for me. Like, um, you know, I remember like when all of the other kids were getting to the age where, you know, it stopped being like cool or whatever to um, uh, still be watching cartoons. I was still watching cartoons. I was still like running home from school to like, you know, catch, you know, RoboTech, because um, mm -hmm. it was like, if you missed it, you missed it. Um, and there was like an ongoing story to it. And, um, uh, and, um, but I never really thought about animation as like something that you could do for a living. Like it just, I, I, I never even thought about how, uh, you know, stuff gets on screen, like, you know, and, and, you know, so often people, that's like the first question people ask, like, so like, how do you make them move? Um, and um, uh, and I guess I always thought that it, like, it must be like some sort of like puppet thing or something, I don't know. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but um, I had a friend that went to CalArts um, and so he introduced me to the, to the school and, you know, I saw the drawings that everyone was doing like on the walls there or on their desks or, you know, and I was like, you know, so blown away by all of that. <clears throat> and you know it, it felt like um like like i had found my people or something um uh so you know i i really wanted to get into the school and i went out and talked to the counselor and they said no 
Um, <laughs> and um, they gave me a bunch of things to work on. And so I worked on a bunch of that stuff, um, you know, over the next year and then reapplied and got in. Uh, so that was sort of the beginning of it. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I actually, you know, I, when I was going to CalArts, like I, I always thought like, well, I'll get in in the animation school because my friend's in the animation school. And so if I can get in through the animation school, that's what I'll do. And then I'll transfer to live action because um, like Tim Burton was my favorite director at the time. Um, and um, and he had gone to CalArts. Um, I just didn't realize that he went through the animation program also. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so, but then when I got into, um, you know, into the animation school and started to meet like all of the different people that were in the animation school, like it just like more and more and more, it was like, um like i felt like i found my people um and um yeah um, it was it was weird um at at cal arts that like um you know you may have been in high school you may have been like kind of like the oddball kid right and then at at art school suddenly like you know the the guys that were in the or you know the people who were in the animation department were like the most like mainstream people and then it was like you know the rest of the art school was um uh i don't know i don't know it's hard to describe yeah it's definitely as someone who went to art school too well it was writing school but it's you definitely feel like you found your people compared to high school or yeah for sure any other time so yeah that was kind of the um you know the entry point uh to animation um and you know i knew so little about animation that um you know there were people that were in my class that were like starting with me that were talking about the nine old men and i kept hearing about the nine old men so much All right that i was like are there like nine old guys that go to the school like <laughs> who are these nine nine old men that they keep well you know the nine old men always say rrr, rrr. um so that's how little i knew um you know and there were people at the school that had um, like memorized the illusion of life, um, uh, uh, and um, and I'm seeing it for the first time. Um, you know, looking at their copy, going, "Wow, yeah, this is great." Why didn't they put the? Well, I guess they did put this out. How come? How come I never got this? How come I didn't know this was a thing? Uh, but uh, yeah. So I guess you didn't grow up in LA then. Uh, I grew up in Ventura. Oh, okay. Uh, but you know, Ventura is like. A million miles away from LA, mm. um, uh, you know, it just feels like a, like you're on a completely different planet than LA. Um, and you know, in high school, we'd come down to LA, and it was just like this trek to come to LA. You know, even though it's not actually that far, um, but um, but yeah, Ventura is its own little farm slash surf town. Um, yeah. uh, so, were you much uh, of a surfer? I never surfed, you know, oh. I did a lot of like, you know, boogie boarding and, you know, stuff like that. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, we moved to Ventura from Ohio. Um, you know, I was, um, when I was like nine, um, and, uh, and, you know, so my dad didn't surf and, you know, um, we occasionally you, you meet people that surf and it's always like, oh yeah, it seems so cool. I should surf. And I still think like, oh yeah, it's so cool. I should surf. And then now I'm being told like, well, you're in your fifties now, so maybe maybe that time has passed. Um, but maybe Never I'll too still, late. 
I'll, I'll get a longboard. Um, I, I guess those are easier to get up on. Did you grow up in LA? No, I'm from New York originally, mm. which I mean, did kind of expose me to like the history of animation stuff. There was yeah. a lot of great exhibits. There was one on Tim Burton. Mm. I was always very into Chuck Jones. I got to meet uh -huh. him at yeah. uh, one of the malls. That was like huge for me. But yeah, and then I just moved to Burbank a year and a half ago. Oh, wow. And so what are you doing out here? I'm doing voiceover and oh, okay. I'm doing, yeah, uh, this podcast awesome. editing stuff. So it's been really cool. Yeah. Um, it was weird for me to move to um, LA and I think definitely like the Valley side of LA was, um, you know, more appealing for me coming from Ventura. Um, like mm -hmm. it felt more familiar, um, you know, versus like on the other side of the, you know, in the LA basin or like, oh, yeah. you know, um, it, yeah, it felt like um, another planet. Um, <laughs> I never get out there. Yeah, have you never gone? Uh, no, I just not not frequently. Ah, yeah. Uh, so one of the things that like super caught out to me about your background is when you directed your first feature film. Yeah. Eight Crazy Nights, you were in your 20s. Yeah, That's I think it was uh, 28, maybe, when it started. Um, yeah, it is, it is crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, like, what was the pressure like for you at that age? Um, so it, it's a little different for me because, um, you know, I, I going from being sick kid in my dad's work truck to um, working for my dad, um, and then by the time I was done with high school, I was running crews. Um, and so the whole, the plan was I was going to be, you know, a general contractor and I was going to run construction crews. Um, and I also, um, growing up, I did a lot of, um, uh, I, I used to go to horsemanship camp um, and you, you start off learning how to ride and then you end up learning how to train. And uh, yeah, and my um, mom and, was a big rider. So I yeah. got into that a little bit. Um, and then, um, you know, I was also really into the martial arts um, and, you know, you start out, you know, learning how to do stuff and then you end up teaching. And so, you know, I, in high school, I was running crews and I was running classes, um, uh, you know, so um, to like run crews, it was just something that I was familiar with, um, you know, like delegating and, you know, hiring the right people and then staying out of their way but making sure they're doing their job like um so um you know i i started directing my first show when i was 23 um uh, and then i was doing my first primetime show when i was like 25 um and then eight crazy nights so it was like boom 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 it wasn't like i just like appeared on the planet on eight crazy nights um uh you know it was a gradual progression and and also um even with eight crazy nights um, it started really small, like, um, uh, you know, our first offices were smaller than this. this is my, I converted my garage. Um, and, you know, uh, our first offices were smaller than this. We were just like a handful of people, like, um, uh -huh. and, you know, we sort of like gradually grew and grew and grew. Um, and so I think, you know, because of that gradual, like, increase of the crew, then, um, it wasn't like coming on to first day of a film shoot where like all of a sudden there's hundreds of people there and you've got to like that, that would be a lot of crazy pressure. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I just, 
because I was so young with, um, with each of those steps, I always just figured if I fell flat on my face, that it was their fault for hiring such a young and experienced director. Um, but I didn't fall on my face. Um, uh, so, um, and probably like, you know, the martial arts background, um, you know, gave me like kind of a, like, you can do anything um, kind of mentality. Um, right. I did Taekwondo growing up. And I remember yeah. the one thing my instructor would always say to me is indomitable spirit. Yeah. And that stuck with me yeah. forever. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, we were always taught because um, the, the style I learned, it had some Taekwondo um, influences. And I mean, it was sort of like mixed martial arts before there was mixed martial arts. Um, uh, and um you know, our, our instructor, who is also my youth pastor, um, would say, like, um, uh, you are learning how to end a fight like that. Like, we're not learning how to, like, you know, dance around and, like, um, you know, I'm teaching you um, the last uh, the last step. Like, first, you end a fight by getting out of it, by not getting into it. That's the best self-defense. Don't get into a fight. Um but if you have to get into a fight, I'm teaching you how to end that fight as quickly as possible. Oh. Um, and so, you know, we were all, he's always like, um, you need to like, look at this, like you're going to be, you know, as um, precise and powerful as possible um, to end, um, you know, the confrontation or whatever. Um, uh, so, um, so yeah, it, it was like, and it was funny because like my brother, had all these friends that would get in fights at parties and stuff and they were they're were always like yeah dude come on like we're gonna go um and i'm like yeah you don't want to go um and they're like yeah but you're i'm gonna fight dirty and, uh, and i'm like what fighting is dirty like there's no clean fighting that's um, true and um so yeah they would occasionally try to test um and there's just nothing to compare someone who has not been trained to fight versus someone who has been trained to fight. Like, uh, so. Yeah. Oh yeah. Big difference. So, I mean, I guess sort of next on the list is of course the kingdom hearts pilot. <laughs> yeah. So when you were first introduced to the game, what were like the things that stuck out to you? I mean, you know, right away when you start playing, you know, it's been 20 years. Um, so um, I, it's not like I kept playing it, you know, sure. uh, every year after. Um, uh, but, um, you know, it kind of hooks you in like right from the very um, start of the game. Um, and and then you start to get sucked into the story. And then like the gameplay is really good. And like the fight um, moves that he's doing are like pretty good. And oh, yeah. um, uh, so, you know, it was kind of like all of those things. Um, and also the um, the combining of like the the Disney style with uh, anime style, like I was really attracted to that because I've always been a huge fan of anime and a huge fan of Disney. Um, and uh, and also I was looking for like the next thing. Um, and so like I really thought Kingdom Hearts was going to be the next thing after Hey Crazy Nights. Like um, and um, uh, so yeah, I just I. You know, I play a lot of games, um, uh, and you know, at the time, I was um, 
uh, you know, I had finished Grand Theft Auto three and I was like doing all of the bonus things, um, mm -hmm. you know, like, and then seeing like, just what, how many, what else can I do? Like how many wanted uh, stars can I get? And, you know, um, can I fire this, um, you know, rocket launcher from the top of the building and like, what's going to happen then? Mm -hmm. um, uh, so, you know, with Kingdom Hearts, um, you know, not just trying to finish the level, but trying to finish the level in like the coolest moves that you could do. Like um, uh, that was uh, really what what drew me to the game. Um, but uh, you know, also like I, I had been having all kinds of meetings all over town, um, and um, you know, and you know everything that was like cool. Um, you'd be like, yeah, that's that's cool. I want to do that. Um, and then they'd say, well we're out to Spielberg and Tim Burton. So we're trying to decide between those two. Um, uh, and it's like, then why, why are we meeting? Like if, if right. really, if you're really out to both of those guys, then why are you meeting with me? Um, and so um, Kingdom Hearts was just so cool. Um, and it's like ticked all the boxes for me, um, you know, like, uh, and I thought like, you know, with my background with martial arts, like um, the fighting was going to be awesome. And then, with my animation background, like, you know, it was very much when you go to CalArts, it's very much like a Disney um, school. Um, uh, you know, so you're very much learning like how to draw that way. Um, I think not so much anymore, but um, uh, at the time it was totally like the breeding ground for, you know, filtering, you know, young artists into Disney. Um, oh. uh, and um, so, yeah, all of those things really, you know, attracted me to it. So when you're making an animatic, I mean, so much of it is like, I had to do an animatic for my graduate school program, but uh, so much of it is trying to communicate to people like immediately what something is. So yeah. how do you do that in a visual sense? Oh, um, I mean, you know, I, I kind of approach animation um as like you know if you boil it down to like the bare essence um you are just putting pictures in between pictures um until you make something come to life um and so i try to like latch on to a part of the story or like a scene or something that really uh resonates um and then i'll like get that drawing out um and then you know find something else that resonates and then eventually you start it's kind of like putting the puzzle together eventually like you get all of the border and then you start like finding these clumps mm. um so like i kind of go about it like maybe a little bit more organically that way um uh, especially for something like this um uh and um yeah getting telling the story visually um i don't know it's, i don't think about it <laughs> <laughs> that's a hard question um it, it's deceptively hard question because uh it's what i'm doing all day every day um for stakeholders or people who want to understand the project oh yeah like, it, what in what sort of storytelling ways maybe that's the better word than visual uh storytelling ways do you like instantly show them in this like five ten minute thing what the project is about well, uh, okay, so the, um, you know, it's presented as uh, a pilot animatic, um, but really what, what that is, is a, a sales tool to try to first sell it to the executives. Um, uh, and, um, you know, they had a lot of uh, requirements for it, 
Um, like it had to feel like an episode seven. It couldn't be an origin story, but you've got to give a sense of the whole scope of the whole thing. And like the scope of kingdom parts is pretty huge. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, so, you know, you've got to get across the concept of the heartless and what they're doing and that there's a, you know, I know it's not called the, they're not calling it the universe anymore. I've been schooled. Um, oh, it's something uh, different. <laughs> it's something different now. Um, uh, but, you know, getting across that, like each of these planets, which are like the, the features that each of them are like a world within the Disney universe, um, getting all that stuff across to them, that, that was, that was tough. Um, and you know, the first draft of the script um, very much felt like an episode of Aladdin um, and and getting it to, getting the script first to tell that story, I think is the first hurdle. Um, mm -hmm. You know, like, because before there's any boarding done, they've got to approve the script. Uh, so I spent a lot of time working with the writer to, uh, you know, get the, uh, get the script where it actually felt like the game. Um, and also, you know, they, you know, would be concerned about like, you know, too much fighting, not enough comedy, you know, sort of like balancing those things out um, and, you know, making sure that you have like a button gag at the end of the scene or, or something like that, or like, you know, within the fighting, there's something fun and funny that happens. So if, you know, someone's not into the fighting, at least there's some funny stuff happening. Right. Um, so there's a lot of juggling that needs to happen. Um, and, uh, and even like after the animatic was done, um, they still had, um, you know, Jiminy Cricket was added, um, you know, after like, you know, on the next to last pass, um, oh, because wow. they were just like, okay, we just really need it to be absolutely 100% clear to anyone watching this what's going on and so um, it used to start just on Destiny Island um, and so that whole like first part and the whole end part um, were added um, after you know in the next to last round of notes um, so adding Jiminy Cricket and then adding the explanation of all the worlds and then you know, recapping at the end that, you know, Sora is looking after, looking for his friends, Kairi and Riku, like saying their names again, like um, all, all of that was added um, after. Yeah, all for, it makes, makes it clear to the marketers for sure. Right, yeah. Uh, and what do you think are the most important points to nail when adapting a video game to animation? Um. I guess for me, it was, it was more, um, <clears throat> I didn't want to just like do a one-to-one -one recreation of all the cutscenes. Um, you know, uh, I was like, well, like in these, these are the, the moments that happen in the game. And then you've got all this gameplay, but there were like a bunch of other moments that, um, you know, I felt like were story beats that would happen within that game that just weren't on camera in the game. Like, you know, like there's going to be a moment where Sora is in the, that ship um, and he's sad about, about his friends. So let's like, let's show that moment. Um, that was my favorite moment for sure. Yeah. I, I like, I like that one. Um, and, um, you know, uh, so I was trying to, like connect some of the dots that that weren't in the game um uh so because i i just felt like if 
the fans um, of the game um, were to watch the show and it was just a one-to-one, then they're not going to watch the show because they've already seen that. They they, right. they played the game. Um, uh, so, um, you know, it's kind of like honoring the fans and, and letting them know that the show was made uh, with them in mind so that there would still be something um, uh new for them to experience with uh with the show that's great yeah i think a lot of us certainly when we play games we're wondering you know what are the characters thinking and feeling in these moments that we're not seeing yeah and something else that i thought was interesting when i was looking to your background is that you've also done the inverse that when you were working with illumination you worked with ea to yeah. adapt the secret life of pets into a game yeah so what was that like on the other <clears throat> um definitely a lot of like learning about um games and and specifically like a match three game um and um uh and you know we were doing um in in that game it was a match three game and as you did certain matches it would open up some special animation at the top of the screen um, and so like, that was my main, um, role in that, sorry, emails, <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, that was my main role, uh, in that, um, uh, coming up with what the, um, first of all, like what each of the locations would be, um, and then what they would do in the locations, uh, and stuff like that. And, and how the, what happened at the top of the screen would relate to something that was done within the game. Like if you got, you know, if you made this certain match, then it would unlock this bonus thing that would then like put some food in their bowl or something like that. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, it was a little, a little different. I, I remember the very beginning of that, um, like we had an, um, an ideation session, um, which I think is like a, something that happens in games that doesn't happen in animation, um, where um, they, they wanted to like get up in front of the whiteboard um, and do like a whole like word association um, to try to figure out like, you know, I don't know, it was like a, a weird exercise of like, you know, um, group creativity, mm. <laughs> which, you know, that doesn't really happen as much that way when you get a bunch of people that haven't ever like worked together. Um, you can't just like, you know, be like, all right, everyone be creative now together <laughs> with these strangers that you don't know. Right. Um, uh, so. I can imagine that would be a lot. <laughs> yeah, that, that part of that part of it was uh, was weird, but yeah, it was it was fun to um, like you know continue to like create story for the game. Um, but yeah, that was that was my role on that. Awesome, and I mean, since you play games a lot or used to, or I don't know, I still do. Good, cool. Uh, I'm I'm very much obsessed with League of Legends. Oh. Uh, and um yeah i play way too much uh, oh I, I guess then i should ask how do you like arcane uh see i, I thought the arcane was like the best example of what we were trying to do with kingdom hearts because mm. um you know uh if you're watching arcane um and you know the game really well and you know all of the champs really well um, then it's kind of like there's a bunch of easter eggs for you um uh when you're watching the show you're like Oh my God. Like, do you know the game at all? I'm not super familiar. Okay. Um, uh, well, um, as you're watching the show, you're like, oh wait, that's singed. Um, and oh my God, 
is that Twitch? That's where he, this is where he makes Twitch, um, you know, or, um, uh, you know, just knowing like, oh, wait, Echo. Yeah. Oh my God. That's how Echo got that thing. Um, but if you don't know the game and you're watching it, um, uh, you're not thinking any of those things, but you're still sucked into the game or sucked oh, yeah. into the show. Um, and, um, you know, in the game, like the, um, uh, I have all of the like vocalizations turned off um, uh, because um, they can be distracting sometimes. Um, uh, but, um, you know, in the game, uh, like Jinx says, uh, you think I'm crazy. You wait till you meet my sister. But like there was never any reference of who her sister was. So then to like meet the oh oh my god Vi is Jinx's sister. Um, uh, so all of that stuff was cool. And then you know from uh, from an animation perspective, um, you know the they just raised the bar so high. Um, uh, and um, uh, I I hope that second season is um, is just as good. I <laughs> I hope that it doesn't like all of a sudden get bad in the second season. Um, <laughs> because now they've got to be on a tighter schedule because they've got to get a second season out. Um, but um, yeah, I, I don't think, I think that they made such a huge impact on animation as an industry or um, uh, that um, you're going to start to see the ripple effect of that look all over animation. That's so great to hear. And I think Netflix has just in general been really killing it with the game to animation adaptations. Castlevania is probably my mm -hmm. favorite show right now. Yeah. Cuphead one's been really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's been um, exciting. Yeah. Uh, I think, that, you know, what sets um, Arcane apart from, from all of those, though, is that um, uh, Riot um put up the money for the show oh uh, they didn't go to they didn't go to the streamers and pitch it um they just made it wow um, and they're like we're gonna make it we're gonna make it how we want it to be um and then after it's done we'll either go to streamers or we'll release it on our own on our on our site or, or something like that but um that the, the like the guts of a company to stand by their own product that way um, and to make it how they know that it needs to be, um, uh, I think is really why that show is so good. Um, yeah, it shows uh, so much passion. Yeah. And uh, um, yeah, not not having to ask permission to do the things that you know it needs to be. Um, and, you know, like there are some great execs um, uh, in, um, you know, that are on the, the side at, at Netflix that have like great feedback and stuff. Um, uh, but there are also execs at every major studio that just really don't know what they're talking about and really shouldn't be in those jobs. Mm -hmm. They really shouldn't be having such a creative influence over um, the work that's being done. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, um, when you have a good exec, it's so nice to have someone who like, they get it. They're there with you. You're all making the show together um, and they're adding things. That you're like, oh, my God, how did we not ever think of that? Thank you. And then you have other execs that are like, I mean, what are they doing really? And it's just like, oh, my God, seriously, are you going to make me like delve into the psychology of the characters in this moment? Like they're trying to survive. Like, what do you mean? What are they doing? Um, you know, so occasionally you get execs that are like that. You're just like, 
how did you get this job? How did you get this job? (laughs) Ridiculous. Yeah. If there was like one game series that is yet to be adapted that you could like take the reins on and make into an animated series, what would it be? Um, you know, uh, the games that I play now, um, like it's not the same kind of thing. Um, like I play a lot of Minecraft with my girls. I play a lot of League of Legends. Um, so I'd have to go back to when I was just playing a lot of a lot of games, and um, you know, you couldn't it couldn't be like a, a Call of Duty or or like that kind of a thing. Um, I mean, those would be cool to make, um, but um, I just feel like they wouldn't get made. <laughs> It would be made in live action. Those, oh, yeah, those games. Sure. Um, uh, so um, there was one that I, I actually pitched at Sony, um, uh, Sly Cooper. Um, oh, yeah. that would be so good. Yeah, I thought that would be really cool. Um, and then um, Jackson Daxter, um, uh, I thought you know that would be really cool. I don't know, have they made that one into something? They haven't, but that one is interesting because the tone of the series got so different over time. Yeah. It started as more of like an adventure colorful kind of game but then it got like grittier and cyberpunk and he had guns and the goatee and (laughs) well i guess i I guess like kingdom hearts i i played the first game (laughs) (laughs) so um you know i didn't i didn't get to the gritty parts um i i had um you know i i used to have uh like you know my nieces and nephews would come over and and I only had M games. Um, oh. And so then they come over and, and I was like, I mean, you know, what, what, like, so they're playing Enter the Matrix. Like, what, what is the harm? <laughs> um, uh, and then um, uh, I went to turn the game off. And I think my, my nephew was like 12 at the time, or maybe he was like 10. And he literally was like bawling uncontrollably. Like, I just, you know, took the drugs away. Ooh. Um, and I was like, oh, my God, that's why there's a rating on the games. That's why you don't give them the M game. That's why right. you give them the, the E game. Um, uh, so then I started having those kinds of games. And then it was always like, Uncle Zeth, Uncle Zeth, can you get us through this part? And and I was the uncle that would come in and be like, there. Um, and, uh, oh, my God, how did you do that? Um, I was that cousin for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like the kids are like, Oh, you're not worthy. Yeah. So uh, if somebody else today was like given the opportunity to create a Kingdom Hearts show, what advice would you give them? Um, I mean, I guess to like stay true enough to the game that um, that the fans uh, you with anything like that, you have to pay respect to the fans and make sure that you're not doing something that's just going to just straight up piss them off. Um, uh, so, um, you know, giving respect to the fans um, and then giving the fans, you know, something new, like bring something new to the table. Um, you know, uh, don't don't do it exactly how it was before. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, an animated series is a, a different animal from uh, a video game. Um, oh yeah. Uh, so you know you've got these little 
chunks of time that need to have a structure to them. Um, you know, the same way, you know, a game needs a structure and, you know, you've got your game engine, you need a, an engine for the story for the, um, for the show. Um, and, you know, how does the plot play out from, you know, uh, episode to episode? Um, uh, so, yeah, I guess keeping all of that in mind. Uh, for sure. And now that I'm remembering it, I did watch this. It was an anime adaptation of Persona and... Uh -huh which is like a big RPG series mm -hmm. and they did it pretty much. It was just like exactly the game and the animation yeah. was beautiful. The voice acting was really good, but everything, it was just an exact copy of the yeah, game. You like knew what was going to happen. Watch. Yeah. yeah. Um, with the kingdom hearts um, pilot, it was fun to watch. Um, I watched a lot of the reaction videos Oh um, yeah, and when people saw something that what wasn't like how it was in the game, um, their whole like persona changed because um, then like they thought they knew how it was going to play out. They're like, right. oh, okay, so then this happens. Okay, and then that happens. Okay, and then that happens. And then when Sora wakes up on the ship and he looks at that card, they're all like, oh, yes. Um, and uh, and so to to like twisted a little bit like that like you think you know but you don't know mm -hmm. um you know um with the game there's like you said like all of that gameplay like what's going on in the character's head like there's no story that's happening it's just like you know it's he's, he's got to beat this many guys to get to the next thing to get to the level boss and and beat that but um but there's no internal conflict um there's no like i know that now there's like a whole huge overarching like interconnected web of story um with kingdom hearts um right uh but you know when you're playing the game so much of it is you just playing the game um, sure. uh, so uh yeah Pulling i mean i think it's like the perfect time to bring it back because bring back the idea because yeah the having it as a show would make it so much more digestible for people i think yeah everything that's going on in the, yeah. in the story. Well, and, um, you know, I think that if you were playing out the series that, um, you know, especially with it being such a big uh, game, I know that there are shows that I'm helping out on a show right now that um, is a huge brand, big enough that it's not there. They weren't picked up for one season. They were picked up for three seasons. Um, and I think that that's what you would need to do with uh, with Kingdom Hearts. Oh, for sure. Like, don't pick it up for one season and be like, I don't know, we'll see how it does. Because like, it's like it's doing good. Yeah. You know, just just go in and commit to three seasons, so that you could at least over those three seasons plan when these big story moments happen. Um, you know, uh, so and I don't know this how the story plays out in all of the rest of the games. Um, I've heard that it kind of goes all over the place um, it does uh yeah so you know I, I think that if i were if i were telling that story um i think i might tell it in, in a more linear way um mm -hmm. and you know sort of like grab that part and grab that part and grab that part and like you know keep like a more focused story um so yeah that... which will piss some people off and some people will be like thank you so much for <laughs> yeah i think it would be helpful for sure yeah so, I mean, those were all the questions I had in mind. I know you're a busy guy. I don't want to take up too much of your time. That 
I do have to ask, this is the Pixel Pizza podcast. Where is your favorite pizza place? Ooh, uh, that's a t- that's that is harder than what would I how would I adapt to the game? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I mean, there's a place that's right by me that they used to have like the best pizza, and they still do have really good pizza. It's called Pagliacci's. Um, oh. uh, and um, you know, I would take people there um, uh, when it was just it was like one part was pizzas, just pizzas, and then the other part was like like a yogurt place where they do like smoothies and stuff. Um, and, and then recently they or not recently, recently for me, I've lived here for a bit. Um, but um, they converted it to just a whole restaurant. And so they have pizza, but then they have like, it's like a, a you know, regular, like nice Italian restaurant. Um, and it's great. That's like just right there. Um, so Pagliacci's would be on the list. Um there's uh, this um, Ove, um, which I think used to be like Big Mamas and Papas. Um, like they do a good like just flat um, pizza with like it's like the sauce and the stuff that that you want, um, mm. uh, and it's just like a good like classic like large pizza, um, and uh, and then uh, there's another one my my wife does like all the ordering of the mm-hmm. pizza and stuff but um i think it's might be goop um there's a like goop you know the outro <laughs> um yes. uh, um but they have um uh, a gluten-free crust and so huh. you know my wife wants the gluten-free crust um, and it's the first time that I've had a gluten-free pizza where I was just like, oh my God, that crust is actually nice. Oh. Um, uh, so yeah, so that was good. It might not be goop, but. Yeah, I didn't know they did but, food. Yeah, she's ordered ordered goop um, stuff uh, a, a couple of times. Um, uh, so, but yeah, that's, a, you know, I'll be like, hey, yeah, can we get you, can we get the one with the, with the gluten-free crust? Um, <laughs> then that's as far as I <laughs> my knowledge of it goes i like the pizza where my wife orders it from that's my favorite (laughs) pizza all right well definitely look into those two you mentioned the locations but uh great so yeah this marks another great pixel pizza podcast thanks again seth where can people keep track of what you do uh i mean mostly twitter um so yeah it's just seth kearsley on twitter um and um i'm on twitter way too much um, <laughs> and uh you know i'm adding new things to youtube all the time now um so yeah that's kind of the main the main spots great all right well uh signing off i think we'll end with one track from our artist of the week i play a different video game themed music artist every week here on the show And this week is Blitz Lunar and his track Moon Milkshake. See you next week, listeners.